Chapter 2, A Key to the Past. Those of us who live in this day and time face the very real possibility of experiencing those events associated with the second coming of the Savior. Of those events, the Lord has not left us ignorant. The scriptures are replete with prophetic accounts of that which is to come, and the Lord has enjoined us to not be deceived, but continue in steadfastness. DNC 49.23 Nevertheless, the prophetic accounts of those events with which we are commanded to become familiar seem in many instances to be incomprehensible. As modern men, we frequently labor under the illusion that we are more enlightened than our predecessors. But judging by our failure to understand much of what the prophets wrote, it seems more likely that they experienced many things which we have not. For example, nothing in our modern experiences serves to fully explain the cause or causes of the miracles associated with the Exodus. Could it be that a better understanding of that account by Moses would give us some insight into the world of the prophets and the similes and metaphors of prophecy itself? The Exodus. Moses wrote of a pillar of smoke and fire. His words served as an apt description of what he saw, but they offer little assistance in determining the true nature of such a phenomenon. It seems that Moses desired to impress upon the minds of the readers the power and gratefulness of the Lord, rather than explain the natural causes of the miracles associated with the Exodus. Nevertheless, there may be great value in attempting to understand the true nature of the miracles of the Exodus, for we find that many of the signs and phenomena discussed in prophetic writings are very similar to the similes and metaphors employed by Moses. Therefore, an understanding of the miracles of the Exodus may aid us in attempting to understand prophecy. Miracles are un no <laughs> quite the opposite. Miracles are comprehensible. Furthermore, in seeking to understand the means whereby the Lord may have performed some of the miracles recorded in the scriptures, we do not rob the Lord of his godliness and power. His omnipotence is not dependent upon man's ignorance. Elder James E. Talmadge wrote that miracles can not be in contravention of natural law, but are brought throughout the operation of laws not universally or commonly recognized. That is in Jesus the Christ, page 148. Therefore, the miracle of the pillar of fire and smoke is a manifestation with natural causes, as are all of the miracles of the Exodus. It follows that if we, are, if we were sufficiently knowledgeable, we might come to understand the causes of such things. Because the book of Exodus does not explain the cause or causes of the miracles which Moses described, we lack the information necessary to pursue such an inquiry. Faced with this type of problem, modern crime detection turns to other witnesses for corroborating testimony. Did others present see the incident? What did they see or think they saw, etc.? Other Witnesses The Egyptians would certainly be the most likely source of information for us, but which Egyptians? Moses did not indicate the year of the Egyptian calendar in which the Exodus occurred. In fact, until recently, scholars believed that much of Hebrew history, including the account of the Exodus, was a collection of fables. They had been unable to find any Egyptian document which corroborated the story of the Exodus, and it appeared that no one else on earth had witnessed these events described by Moses. However, in the last 60 years of (laughs) investigation, much information about the past has come to light. Man's concept of the world, indeed his concept of the universe, has changed dramatically. And as more and more information is unearthed, that conception continues to change. Indeed, one indication of the fact that we still do not have all the answers is the unsettling realization that each time we acquire more information, we wind up with more questions than answers. 
In the treatise entitled Thesis for the Reconstruction of Ancient History, published in 1945, a scholar and historian by the name of Emanuel Velikovsky advanced a revised chronology of ancient history. His thesis contained 284 basic points substantiating his reconstruction. A subsequent book, and call, uh, book entitled Ages and Chaos, published in 1952, gave a more detailed explanation, supported by exhaustive documentation and covered the period of time from the Exodus to the reign of Pharaoh Akhenaten. See Appendix A. A matter of time. Velikovsky pointed out that Egyptian chronology, the accepted basis for the determination of ancient chronology, was an error, and in some cases by as much as 500 years. It was apparent that the accepted view of Egyptian chronology had been responsible for the distortion of Greek history, creating vast periods of time, or dark ages, which could not be accounted for. And because the accepted dating was perverse, the results of archaeological finds sometimes indicated that an entire culture had flourished in an area hundreds of years before it thought to have existed in the region. For example, during the excavation of the site of Ugarit, an ancient city in Rosh Shamara, the use of conventional chronology indicated that the site belonged to the th uh, 13th and 14th century BC. Yet, after those dates had been established, some tablets were found which contained Hebrew. Because of the conventional dating, archaeologists had expected to find evidence of crude barbarian Canaanites. Instead, they found evidence and use of a rather sophisticated Hebrew writing. How could the Canaanites have been using such writing, including its own special idioms and customs, five to six hundred years before the Hebrews had even arrived in Canaan? It turned out that conventional chronology was to blame. For Velikovsky's revised dating placed the Hebrews in Ugarit at the very time period indicated by the evidence found at the site. The Hebrews had simply driven out the Canaanites following the Exodus. Thus, Egyptian records had been silent concerning the Exodus, not because the Exodus had not occurred, nor even because the Egyptians had failed to record it, but because faulty chronology had misled scholars in their search for corroborating testimony. In other words, scholars had asked the right questions of the wrong people. What was lost is found. Having established ancient chronology on a more sure footing, Velikovsky began looking for Egyptian records dating from around 1500 BC, the date the revised calendar indicated at, as the time of the Exodus. A. Gardner, a preeminent Egyptologist, has translated the papyri Ipur, which he described, no, he ascribed to a period immediately following the end of the Middle Kingdom. Gardner had not seen the connection between the papyri Apur and the Old Testament account of the Exodus, but the correlation became obvious to Velikovsky. Having found one source of corroborating testimony, he began to search of other ancient cultures for more corroboration, and in each he found more information concerning the phenomena of the Exodus. The answers to his questions are astounding. Egyptians, we saw the water turn to blood, followed by great signs in the heavens. Babylonians, not just the water, but the whole world turned red, and we saw a pillar and felt an incredible earthquake that leveled our cities. Persians, the earth shook and rained, and fire rained from the sky. Mesoamericans, yes, fire and stones from the sky, and all the world became dark. Chinese, yes, very dark, and the ocean rose up and spilled over the whole continent. It became evident that the phenomena associated with the Exodus had not been restricted to Egypt and the Sinai Peninsula but had been part of a global cataclysm. 
Much of Velikovsky's work dealt with the cause of those phenomena, and his discovery shed light not only upon the Exodus, but upon other Old Testament writings in such a way as to render those accounts more intelligible. Geologic Change Velikovsky's work also had to do with two theories concerning the matter in which change is affected both on the Earth as well as in the solar system and the universe. The first theory is termed uniformitarianism and holds that all geological phenomena may be explained as the result of existing forces having operated uniformly from the origin of the Earth to the present time. That is found in the American Heritage Dictionary. This is the prevailing belief of the scientific community. It dictates that all of the gradual, almost imperceptible changes occurring around us today are the result of the same forces that over eons have created lofty peaks, deep canyons, prairies, islands, and great continents. The second theory is that of catastrophism, which purports that geological change from results from sudden, dramatic upheavals, implying that when change comes, it's cataclysmic in nature. Until the time of Darwin, in the middle 1800s, scientists and scholars saw clear evidence in the geological records of the Earth supporting the idea of catastrophic change. Yet, with the dawn of the sciences as we know them, the belief in a uniform rate of change, gradual but exhortable, became prevalent. Thus, in 1950, when Velikovsky offered his theory of recent planetary disturbances implying cataclysmic rather than uniform change, he was roundly condemned as a heretic. The Scriptures and Catastrophism Interestingly enough, the Scriptures have something to say concerning the matter, in which change is affected in the earth and in the heavens. Quote, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. End quote. That is Second Peter 3, 3-4. Three it would seem that Peter understood the principle, no, understood, that people in the last days would profess uniformitarianism. He continued by pointing out their error. Quote, For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. End quote. Thus Peter condemned those who hold such views as being willingly ignorant of the fact that the heavens and the earth of old have changed, and that the heavens and the earth we know now are not the same as that which was anciently. For the world that then was perished, and what is more, such changes will occur again, brought on by cataclysmic conditions. Quote, by the day of the Lord will come, oh, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works therein, that are therein, shall be burned up. End quote. Second Peter three ten. It appears that from time to time during the earth's existence, great catastrophic changes have occurred. This seems to be the theme running throughout the whole of Scripture. During prolonged periods of peace and stability in the solar system, the elements do operate in a uniform manner. Living in such a period, it is hard for us to imagine anything shaping our world other than the familiar forces which we see in daily operations around us. Yet, if we are to believe the records bequeathed us, the forces that truly shape our world are far greater than we imagine. The Past and Prophecy 
Peter declared that the world has been thus altered in the past, and that in the latter days the same forces would again alter the heavens and the earth. Thus, if the forces which changed the earth in times past are to be the means of changing the planet again, the records of ancient cataclysms are the key to the future. Understanding the causes underlying the similes and metaphors employed in such accounts not only unlocks the past, but provides an explanation of the same similes and metaphors as they use to describe future events. Quote, and truth is knowledge of things as they are, as they were, and as they are to come. End quote. DNC 9324.